Hey guys, have you checked out 336 Daily? Did you know that sometimes, in fact, pretty often, I've been recording it in my car while driving to different job sites? That's how easy Anchor is to make podcasts. With Anchor, you can record your podcast and edit your podcast and upload your podcast all in the Anchor app, and then it makes sure it goes after iTunes and Spotify and wherever you need to put it. It, they take care of everything, distribution. They help you with advertising and getting in commercials. Check out the Anchor app. Go to the App Store and download the Anchor app for free or go to anchor.fm to check it out. Chris Davis with the Baltimore Orioles, and I'm listening to Section 336. Hey, this is Big Bad Bud Norris, and you're listening to Section 336. Hey, this is Kevin Gosman. You're listening to Section 336, Baltimore's best sports talk. Hey, this is Jay Gibbons. You're listening to Section 336, Baltimore's best sports talk. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Baltimore sports fans of all ages, welcome to Section 336, next generation of Baltimore sports talk. I'm your Indian Stuttering host, Matt Sroka. As always, I'm joined by the Zany Burt Roday. I want to give a quick shout out and congratulations to friend of the show, Bud Norris, getting married over the weekend. Big Bad Bud, tying the knot. You think Big Bud listens to every episode, Burt? Still, yeah, loyal 336er. And we're also joined by the button lover, Josh Sroka. I'd like to give a big Section 336 shout-out to this blank spot right below me on the on the uh, video stream, which would be a great spot to put a new sponsor logo. Video's getting a bunch <laughs> of traction. We could really use some help right down there, get your logo, and uh, we'd help promote you. How do you like you that? You want to take away, away the oil bird, though, would you? We'll, we'll make it work. Whatever the, whatever the sponsor wants because I had to make some changes, and it's now costing us more money to do this podcast. Mm. So, so yes, right. yes, the Oriole bird can go away if it means, right. uh, I don't know, Royal Farms, whoever whoever wants yeah. to put it there. Rofo. Yeah, we, we will sell out for anyone. I mean, if you want to cover my face with advertisement, I think the listeners would appreciate that too. Right. Burger King, if you're listening, I'll do the whole show wearing the mask. Do they still do the king? <laughs> <laughs> So, how you guys doing? Can't complain. Just fine. Just fine. I went to a, on Saturday, I went to a parade in St. Michael's, but I was a little confused because I thought, I, I didn't know what the parade was for. Because on the one hand, they said it was a Christmas parade and there was a bunch of, you know, Christmas stuff and Santa was there and singing carols and ho, ho, ho. some llamas. But then I was under the impression that it was, they were throwing a parade for Harold Baines. Oh, yeah. St. Michael's own, out of St. Michael's Middle High School, uh, uh, Harold Baines, elected to the Hall of Fame, and they, they threw a parade. I thought the parade was for Harold Baines. It turned out just to be a Christmas parade. So that was a little disappointing. Yeah. Did you have your schedule? 
Because I'm sure that's where uh, Bert's going with this. I just pulled off the shelf here the famous 1995 Baltimore Orioles schedule autographed by Hall of Famer Harold Baines. <laughs> oh, the, this thing just got a whole lot more valuable, boys. Right. <laughs> I bet you never it, thought you'd see that. Right. <laughs> when, when's uh, Rocky Coppinger going into the Hall of Fame? Hey, that fruit roll, fruit roll up will be uh, engraved or embossed Can, or whatever. I, that you know, I, I don't like to. Uh, put down on someone's parade literally at this point but can you explain to me why harold baines is a hall of famer like isn't he just a former orioles yeah but isn't he just like a, a dh a, a, a pretty good dh he spent 50 percent of his games 51 percent, something like that playing dh like is this just to clear the room so when david ortiz gets in in a few years no one makes a big deal about him being a dh or more importantly somebody like uh, edgar martinez Who's on the ballot for yeah. this year? I mean, and he was just short last year in the ballot. Yeah, did Albert is Albert Bell in the Hall of Fame? No, shouldn't he be then? I mean, I'm trying to think. Um, it, I don't know. It seems weird to get a DH for a DH to go in. I know he got in by the Veterans Committee. So, yeah, a couple of things here. First of all, it's not. I I mean, the fact that he's a DH is fine. But even like if he was position player, his numbers compared to other people probably aren't good enough to get in right so i think the, the best quote in this was by harold baines who said his, his quote was i was really surprised i think that's what we all thought hey he's really surprised right yeah I, I i don't understand how the any of this voting thing works either i thought i thought uh it was voted by snobby reporters um but apparently it's not just voted by snobby reporters well, we also have this better it just seems really confusing on how these guys are elected who's electing them right um, why is there more than one kind of election process I don't like any of this stuff. Well, it's like if the snobby reporters fail to put you in, the veterans can. And I well, don't that, understand that, why. Yeah, it's like a backup plan. Like, get out of here. Have the first people do their job. And if you don't like them and the votes they're making, then find do, new people to replace it. Like, every now and then you'll see some idiot who's out there voting for stupid things. Like, get that guy out. Replace it with good reporters uh, who vote in, in a reasonable way. And I get think, rid of this whole veterans thing. Yeah, there, there should be some type of test. That as a Hall of Fame vet- voter, you have to take. And if you don't pass this test, then you're, we just secretly don't count your votes. Because there's definitely, like, like if you're not voting for Cal Ripken Jr. And if you didn't vote for Ken Griffey Jr., you should get your voting card taken away. Yeah. Yeah, that whole non-first ballot exactly. nonsense. Right. Uh, the, 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 the other thing for, for me, though, is, like, I'm happy Harold Baines got in. I mean, he's the Eastern Shore guy, so am I. So am I. Right. So I'm, I'm happy he got in. And frankly, like, I, I know Josh and tons of people have been doing all the comparisons. Well, if Harold Bain gets in, that means this guy needs to get in. That means this guy needs to get in. Yeah, I haven't, Honestly, I haven't I dug into that yet, but. I don't even care. Like, I don't care. I'm not going to the Hall of Fame and, like, judging who's in and who's not in. Like, this whole story, like, I'm happy for Harold because he's Eastern Shore Reach. I just call him, I call him right. Harry, actually. <laughs> Eastern Shore Harry. But, like, I, I, I don't care about any of this stuff. I really don't. Vote who you want to vote in. Like I, Mike Messina, he's a Baltimore guy. He's going to go in as an Oriole, so I want to see him go in. <laughs> oh, oh, I, I, he I, I hope he goes. He in. I hope he does. Oh, his best no, numbers, his best numbers were in Baltimore. He should go in as oh. an Oriole, and I oh, hope they're starting done. to clear the spot for the statue. because yeah. yeah, we're going, we're going to statue. Right, going as an Oriole. Yeah, and that will I, be the only sold out game in the next three years. Yeah, and that, and that's the only, that's the only Hall of Famer at this point I really care about. Um, it, I mean, in, in a few years, I can start caring about Hunter Harvey or whatever, but but or Bobby Wood Jr. But but I don't really care about any other Hall of Famers right now, and so I, I don't care. Let in who you will let in. Leave out who you want to leave out. Do the druggies? Don't do the druggies? Much, well, I don't do, care about any. Of I wondered if really. that. I wondered how much representing a guy like Harold Baines had to do with the druggies, if that's what we're going to call the guys now, the druggies, because Harold Baines, though a DH and a power hitter. He was pre-druggy, as far as we know. He was pre well, pre juice ball, pre steroid era. He played with druggies. He played with druggies. Yes, but his right? his name was never attached. I mean, no. when did he? He was in the Orioles in the early nineties, right? Yeah, yeah, sounds Mid-90s. right. Before that, with the, this nineteen ninety five Orioles schedule would say ninety five. All right, ninety five. All right, so okay, so then <laughs> that's that's uh, I think of the druggies playing in yeah ninety six ninety seven. He did a couple stints with the Orioles. Well, what do yeah. I got here? He was uh, 93 to 95, and then he came back in 97 and 98 and part of 99, and then part of 2000 as well. 
switching between Cleveland in between there. So, yeah, he kept coming back. I'm, I'm a fan of seeing guys that I can remember seeing play, that I remember collecting their baseball cards uh, going in the Hall of Fame. Harold Baines was a very memorable guy. Even before he played for the Orioles, I knew who Harold Baines was as just a baseball fan as a kid. So when the Orioles get Harold Baines, I love it because I love Harold Baines. The guy played for 22 years. He was productive for 22 years. Um, yeah, it is nice to that it's guys that I remember them playing. Yeah. like So it was Harold Baines and it was uh, Lee Smith. Yeah. Who again was the was the closer when we were kids? After uh, Greg Olson, I know he was the closer the strike year, nineteen ninety four, and uh, he's kind of like Zach Britton that he ended up being in that Cy Young talk because he was so good as a closer. Yeah, I, I mean, if you really want to make an argument for these guys, the most compelling argument for me, and I know this, no one cares about this, but I think this is kind of amazing. And Bert mentioned it that he played for twenty two years in Major League Baseball. Right. That that's impressive. So he, from twenty to forty two. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. All right. So, and the other thing I'm going to give to these guys is baseball has changed over the years. And baseball is a different game today than it was back then. There was a lot of talk um, with that. I had a lot of talk with that this weekend with Sunday's game with Patrick Mahomes because there was so much talk about comparing him to Dan Marino and, and Peyton Manning. And football has changed. But baseball has changed as well over the years. So, to play 22 years... The, the way baseball changed during those 22 years is pretty impressive that you stuck around. Yeah. I don't know if he'll get a job when, when, at the age of 35. I don't know if he'd get a job in today's uh, climate and market. No, it depends. I mean, you're right, because being able to just get hits and get on base is not as valuable right now at that age. Uh, and, I, and you take into consideration Lee Smith uh, was a pitcher. Played for 18 seasons, appeared in just over a thousand games. Uh, Harold Baines played for 22 years, appeared in almost 3,000 games. It's a lot of baseball, right? Yeah, just the longevity standpoint is incredibly impressive. Yeah, I, I, yeah. It makes me wonder. I'd have to use Google or something. But who is like currently in baseball? Who's the longest standing guy? Because we used to have guys in baseball that lasted a long time. And you don't have that yeah, as much anymore. It's got to be Bar- Bartolo Colon, right? He's oh, yeah. Yeah, I guess Colon's been in there for uh, remember, a we long had, time. Remember Je- Je- Jesse Roscoe? Is he still pitching out there somewhere? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, I don't no, think so. He, and Ichiro, Ichiro was around a long time, but but it is. I, I feel like you don't get that longevity in baseball anymore. Yeah. And part of it yeah, might be the contracts. Part of it might be the contracts. If you make in hundreds of millions of dollars in 10 years and then you can retire on that it's way different that salaries have have blown up to the so much that i'm sure at some point they'll do the mathematical formula of uh harold baines today could make the same amount in two years that he made his entire career or something you know yeah well it's not just that now in baseball there's more free agents than there ever has been yeah uh because they're going more with younger players because they're cheaper that these middle of the road players aren't getting contracts that we saw happen last year. And all those guys who signed one year deals or who couldn't get a deal are now back in the free agency market along with the other guys that are just coming here. And so this is going to just continue. There's going to be more and more um, free agents. I was listening to uh, Buster Olney's podcast just today and he was talking about, he wanted, or someone was on there, was on there, was talking about they wouldn't be surprised if guys start signing contracts more in the middle of their contract, in the middle of their initial contract to get extensions, like sign more extensions. Sure. Because free agency, as one scout put it, free agency is death. Because right now, unless you're Manny Machado or Bryce Harper uh, or Patrick Corbin, uh, if you're not one of those guys, if you're just kind of a, a middle-of-the-road guy or a below-average guy, like, forget about it. You're, you're, you're not getting deals. Right, sure. Well, and maybe the owners have manipulated it, uh, free agency in their favor now by colluding to not sign any free agents till February, and then all of a sudden nobody wants to be a free agent anymore. The benefit isn't as great as it used to be, so they might as well be signing mid-contract extensions, and then the owners win that way too. Yeah. It's all manipulation. So you, Yeah, I mean, I mean you want to, if Trey Mancini hit the market right now, Trey Mancini wouldn't make any money. I, I mean, right. he, he, would, he would go to February without a contract, and if he's looking for a multi-year deal – I don't think Trey Mancini, who's a good player, 
I don't think he can find a mark a, a, a multi-year deal in, in in this market right now. Just right. the way it's going. Well, that's uh, hopefully that what that does is that turns to into what we had growing up, where guys stuck around for a long time at the, at the same team. I think it, it incentivizes players to to do extensions. Right. I I, I like that. Um, you mentioned Bartolo Colon. He is the longest. Uh, career in baseball right now is, is he yeah. planning on playing next year he hasn't retired yeah. yet right no he's gonna play again all right do you know what his him. first like my new favorite player. Like all right do you know what his first season in the uh his first season was when yes when yeah what year uh, was his first season i know i was looking say, at it <laughs> i would i would guess 19 uh 19 are we talking 80s here? Well, I'll give you a clue. Number 2 is Number 2 is Ichiro Suzuki, who I believe he and just the, retired, right? Suzuki? Yeah, I, I'm under the impression yeah, he but, retired. But, and Suzuki was 2001. Yeah. So, number 1 is Bartolo Colon. Uh, what at, at at uh uh Okay, so 18 years, so 20 years would be 1998, right? Yeah, yep. So, yeah, I would I would say 20 years, he's probably in his like what early forties? Forty two. He's forty four. So forty four years old. Forty four. Let's say he started at twenty four. Okay. Uh, let's say he started a little before that. I would say ninety seven. You got it. Nineteen ninety seven. You right, right on. How about this? He's played for just about every team in Major League Baseball. Over under ten teams. Oh, over. I'd say over. He's been on the the Mets, the Braves. Well, you got uh, you name all eleven. Name all eleven. Eleven teams he's played right. for. Mets, Braves. Eleven. Was he on the Rangers? Yes. All right. Mets, Braves, Rangers. Um, uh, I got three. You got any out there, Matt? The um, obvious one. Where is he most notable for? Um, uh, He was on one of the Chicago teams, right? Did he, White Sox? Yes, he was for the White, White Sox. Sox. Yeah, White Only Sox. for two years. All right. Six uh, years with this one team. It was National League, right? No. Or no, the Athletics. No, Oakland is, but Oakland was only two years. <laughs> okay. All right, Um, six years. Did the teams he spent most time with six years with one team and four years with another team. Oh. That's the most he spent with these two teams. See, I think I'm as Mets for recency. Nope, Mets was three years. But um, uh, Indians? Yeah, six years oh, with the yeah, Cleveland yeah. Indians. All right. Coming yeah, up second would be the, the Angels, four years with the Angels. <laughs> That's Okay. It's crazy that that he's been on eleven different teams, but those are two long stints: four years and six years. <laughs> that half of his career has been on two teams. Twenty-one years he's yeah. been playing. The crazy part is, like the last four years that he's still doing that. Oh, what, what? Yeah, I would totally take him on my team today. I think last year I might have pushed for the Orioles to sign him. Just think, if, if Bartolo Colon's career was a human being, we could take him out to bars now. Right. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we were all in high school when he started his career. <laughs> Uh, it also, I mean, it shows that he must love the game of baseball because of he could have easily retired and he's got enough money in the baseball bank. been very good to him. Well, I mean, you have to figure out a way and someone's figured a way to like his, his fastball is dropping down to mid eighties. Oh no. Right. Right. And, and how you can still be successful at that is, yeah. Um, you just got to find a way to throw junk up there. Right. 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 All right. Sticking with baseball, the winter meetings have they started officially? And everyone's down in Vegas yes. now. I don't, yes, as, as they rung the bell to, for the official start. I believe they. <laughs> I mean, I think the meetings start as soon as they get to the hotel because it's all okay. just. It's not like there's there's official parts, but the meetings I think is just everyone's in the same town, so they start talking to each other. Like right. there are official stuff, like the Rule Five draft. I think is Friday. Thursday. Uh, Thursday. Uh, the, yes, yesterday was the announcement for the Hall of Fame for the Veterans Committee. So there's yeah. organized things. Uh, the media will get to sit down with Mike Elias later tonight, I believe. So there's a have official you guys ever been to, Have you guys ever been to Vegas? Yeah, yes. sure. Have you? No, I've never been. Oh. City okay. of Sin, I don't go down there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's bad news. I, I went for CES one year. It was so overwhelming. Do, do you think it's, it's dangerous for all these, all these uh, reporters and general managers to be down there? With all the gambling and other nefarious things, I, you see, get I had the in. other thought: is the whole reason that the that it's in Vegas is because Vegas is pushing for a baseball team? Is this all to get baseball uh, in in Vegas? Now, last year, no, uh, last year I think we had, major corporate conferences are often held in Vegas. Okay, so it's for the strippers. <laughs> um, last year we had the winter meetings in our backyard, and I think we just didn't realize it till it was too late that it was right in DC. 
I mean, we could have been down there like knocking on doors and sticking right. mics in people's we, faces. We could have been right? in the parking lot waiting for some fights. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I don't. Uh, I mean, I think there, there's enough reporters running around with their heads cut cut, cut off down there to for 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 us right. to get in the way. Yeah. Get out of there. But um, do you guys expect that the Orioles are gonna? Everyone says it's a guarantee the Orioles will take the uh, you as the first pick with the um, with, with of the Rule Five draft. So, but outside sure. of that, do, do you guys expect the Orioles to do uh, any deals, any business? I think at the winter meetings, I, th- I bet they're doing interviews there. I would think you're interviewing managerial candidates there. I don't think they'll announce anything, but why wouldn't you like be interviewing people who are happen to also be in the same town? Well, I think they've already started the interview process right. anyway. So. I know, but wouldn't you say, "Hey, next week, uh, Joe, you're going to be in town too"? <laughs> I mean, I know when I go to conferences. Part of it is the build-up to that conference is connecting with other guys who also have to go to that conference and scheduling dinners or meetings and stuff with that. So I would think the Orioles would would be having some meetings for internal people, maybe people they want to get into their scouting department, uh, to that type of stuff that we don't really hear about. But there, there's no one – it's not like they're going to be there to talk about trading anyone. The, the, the phone lines oh, open. So? Like, but what about like Dylan Bundy and Michael Gibbons? Like, I have think, some assets. I here. think they'll have the conversations. I don't think they're out there pushing to trade those guys. I like to picture Mike Elias walking around in Vegas now as like the hot chick at a party. Like, ooh, this is the guy. He's already got a reputation around the league. People know who Mike Elias is, and now he's been you know put he in charge of fixing the disastrous Orioles who had the worst season in MLB history. Wow. Right. Let's yeah. see. Let's let, let's keep an eye on this guy. Let's see right. what he's going to do around here. So you're saying he, he's the guy, he's on the street corner handing out the cards? No. Is that what you're saying? He's saying, got, he's got come, people come that do him. Out. He's got people that do that for him. You, the actual hot chicks are not out on the okay. street handing out cards. Right, That's right. below that. All right, gotcha. That Mike Elias wouldn't do that. Okay. Brady Anderson's doing So Brady Anderson's yeah. out on the street corner with the big angel wings handing yeah. out cards saying, hey, come check out the Baltimore Orioles. We're going to be good in a few years. But from what I can remember when I was in Vegas, it was more of like uh, guys who look like they belong in Tony Soprano's crew handing out little cards. Uh, see, that's different. When I was there, it was girls not wearing much. Oh, I need to go back. So maybe you and I were <laughs> on different – Maybe we were in different districts. I've been going to the wrong casinos. And uh, yeah. – is it? Do you think since it's in Vegas, Brady's just shirtless the entire time? Why wouldn't he be? Is yeah, it, by the pool, sipping his pina colada, because I don't know what else right. he's doing with the organization. Exactly. Right Poolside party. We've heard nothing yeah. else about Brady, so who knows if he's even out there. Poolside parties that go from 10 a.m. to 4 a.m. Like, oh, <laughs> I, yes, got I got it. Get that schedule right after on your head. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but if, if I'm another team, I don't make any deals with the Orioles. I don't even talk to them. Well, yeah, I mean, what yeah. you're saying, we're the ugly chick at the party. Well, no, I'm just saying because everyone has told me over and over again that Mike Elias is a freaking genius. Right. You don't want to get screwed. I don't want to get ripped well, off by a genius. Right. He'll swindle you. Right. Like Dan, Dan Duquette fooled me, fooled me. The Orioles fooled me with Dan Duquette. The Orioles fooled me with uh, uh, who's the guy before Dan Duquette? It's in Philly Andy now. McPhail. Andy McPhail. I'm not going to get fooled by Mike Elias. He's smarter than both those guys. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's why David Kett could make all these deals because people are like, ah, this guy doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah. And then he would pull out some, some decent deals. Yeah, right. like but Travis the, uh, Snyder and like, Nate McLeod. No, like Jonathan <laughs> Scope. Even think more like, recently. Um, the, the uh, by the way, Mike, I don't think Michael David Kett knew that Jonathan Scope was going to be that bad. Jonathan Scope was that bad before we traded him. Yeah, he had, there's like, no way he, he knew good weeks. he was swindling the Brewers out of that deal. Well, no. There's no way he no. knew what he was th- thought he was getting away I, with something. I don't know if Dan Duquette knew anything he was doing here, but he sure got lucky a bunch of times. You yes. think Dan Duquette knew when he signed Nelson Cruz that Nelson Cruz was going to be good? No, but that's the biggest one. Find the next biggest one. Uh, Jonathan Scope going away. Um, Gerardo Pereira, we got screwed. Um... What Andrew, else Andrew Miller would be the second one. Andrew Miller was, yeah, was, a, Andrew good Miller was a good move. That was a good move. Not a great move. But yeah, fine. That's move. not a yeah. We get we gave up good parts for that. So I don't think of that as we didn't screw the Red Sox. And basically, when it came to Nelson Cruz, all he had to do was flip a coin between Nelson Cruz and Kendry Morales. We just happened to get heads. <laughs> right, because it was going to be one or the other, then, and the one ended up better than the other. Right, then he tried it again with Mark Trumbo, and that didn't yeah, work. So I would lean more towards luck on that. I never, never said it was anything but luck. 
Sorry okay. to interrupt. Not, no, if you if you want to rehash the career of Dan Duquette, you know Dan Duquette. Fine, you guys, Dan Duquette I, might be the guy down in Vegas handing out business cards. There you go. But I, I saw um, we we wondered if the if Michael Elias would target any Houston guys in either trades or with the Rule oh, Five. Oh, definitely. And I don't know, but but he already did pick up Rio Ruiz off waivers, um, and and he was with the Cardinals. Is he a guy uh, that I think he, he drafted? He is right. Last week was the guy that from the Cardinals that he like drafted when he was at the Cardinals. Yeah, no, the, the, this guy was drafted by the Astros right when he arrived at Houston. So he's the third baseman that he drafted in Houston. Gotcha. Um, and then they traded him to to the Braves. But uh, so that's kind of one of the first pickups with his connections back to Houston. Rio Ruiz, who could be competing for a job at, at third base. And we lost, just minor news, we lost a pitcher in waivers, a Ryan Messenger. We, we, we lost... Uh, via waivers to to the Cardinals. We have way too many. I was just looking at the 40-man. We have way too many, like, bullpen guys on that 40-man. Like, Pedro Rojo, um, Cody Carroll, uh, Paul Fry, um, Evan Phillips. Yeah. Uh, all these kind of middle of the road, Mike Wright. They're all, yeah. They're all guys. All these kind of, like, middling 4A guys, relievers. And those are so many of them on our 40-man. And I think this is the year for those guys that, that Michael Elias gets in there with his guys and his analytics, and they determine if these guys can do it or not. Um, yeah, they're also was, going to get the first guys removed from the 40 men if they get other guys. I was looking at the Rule 5 uh, draftees, the guys who are available, and one of the top guys— yeah, You got a guy you like? Yeah, Akeem Bostic. He's a right-hand pitcher, and the reason I think this is the guy the Orioles grab is he's from Houston. So he and he's got a fastball up there in ninety five, and he's got a few more pitches, but he's, okay. a, he's and he's got the cutter, and you know I love the cutter. <laughs> so I think because he's from Houston, I think that's the guy the Orioles grab. Yeah. Uh, see, George, George Lombardi's getting in on the chat with the thing that irritates me every time I see the or- Oriole fans post this. Bottom line is the O's will never win with Angelos. I'm so tired of this argument. The 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 Angeloses have shown their separation. They signed Michael Hyas. They're doing all the right things. Um, this isn't Peter Angelos's Orioles anymore, as far as we can yeah. tell. So let's give them a yeah. chance. Okay, but that's close to my argument. I have a similar ar- argument to George that the Orioles will never win again until realignment. So what's going to happen <laughs> yes. first, realignment or the Angelos well, is no longer on the Orioles? Yes, and you know what? George might be right because Peter Angelos might not be around in three years. Yeah, but his but, sons will. But his sons will be. And and if the Orioles are winning in three, four years, it's because of the start here while Peter's still alive. And I know there's lots of hatred for Peter, but this isn't – I think we talked about this a few months ago. You you got to get over it, and you got to stop blaming Peter. Well, we got we rehashed Dan, Dan Duquette's record. Are we going to now focus on rehashing uh, Peter Angelis' t- t- time here in Baltimore? <laughs> It started in 1989. It's going to be a long I mean, off season. I mean, Maybe we will. Is, things changed when Dan Duquette got on and said, we're taking a new direction. July. We're investing in analytics. No, Dan Duquette. We're investing in, in, in yeah. a, an, analytics. Yeah, that was he made in, a bunch of the trades. That was in July. That was in July. Um, but that's I, when things really changed. I think things started to change. I think things started to change in the off season when we were seeing the Orioles make smart front office moves. And what last smart, season? This past offseason, yeah, when we were starting to see community moves, as the Suns got more involved and they were doing the right things with the kids, uh, go, go free and the and the cheaper concessions and stuff like that, where we were seeing them reach out to the community. We weren't seeing the baseball moves yet, but we were seeing the change in ownership and the and, yeah, and, and all, and that just hey, led and, into the baseball moves in July. Yeah, and and I mean, and also like we we've won. <laughs> Right, we won 2012. Like we won games, uh, we won 20, the division. Right, uh, you know, so so we've been to the playoffs. Uh, so this this notion that it's impossible for us to compete. Right, remember those years we were the, we were the most winning club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For the period of what 2012 to 2000, right. sometime in the 2017. Most of the Duquette's era. Yeah, yeah. Or and the, so you can't. Or the 95, 96, 97 were the winningest club. Exactly. Yeah. Again, right. under Peter Angelo. Yes. Right? Yeah. Uh, so it's possible. Now we didn't win a World Series in any of those years, 
uh, Vancouver Royals. Yeah, but only but, only one team wins every year. Yeah, and and our windows are very small, and we got to make the most of it. And hopefully, under Mike Elias, we can uh, maybe not just have these small little windows, but we can kind of continue yeah. it and have a remember, remember, sustainable thing here. Remember last off season, we convinced ourselves that the window was larger than it was, and that window slammed on us. Yeah, I just think last year was a disaster in every respect of the. Of it the, it of was, the, like in every possible way. I, like I think if you had that team again and you played the season over, I, I, I think what happened this past year would would not happen. I, I think it was right. a 500 team with that with that squad. Yes, and it was just Jonathan Scope had the worst year's career. Alex Cobb was absolutely horrendous for the first half of the year. Like it was just a series of kind of unfortunate events. Yep, that caused all the wheels to fall off. I think. I think a lot of talk at these winter meetings will be Manny Machado and Bryce Harper. But I think Adam Jones is a guy that could sign this this winter meetings this week. I don't think you're yeah. going to see big guy. I don't think you're going to see Manny Machado or Bryce Harper Harper sign this week because they're going to be trying to outlast each other for the biggest contract. Not for themselves, but just for their agent's ego. But yeah. I, I, but uh, yeah, Adam Jones I could see signing someplace. I think can I make a prediction? I think Bryce Harper is going to sign the biggest contract of the offseason. and I, I think um, Manny Machado is going to take a discount to sign somewhere. I agree. You mean because of his and I, and I think it's because of the way Manny acted in L.A. Oh no, I think Manny Machado will be offered more money than Bryce Harper, but he's going to not sign with that team and take a discount to sign with his favorite team because he's going to want to be large market. Because he's going to want to be a pinstripe guy. Yeah, and, well, the, the Yankees did come out and say, "What well, we're not we're not spending thirty three hundred million on Machado." Yeah, and so I I, I think yeah. Manny Machado really wants to be a Yankee, and I think he might be willing to take a pay cut just to be a Yankee. Maybe, but I think I think that his his if you look at his L A stint as a tryout for a large market team, he did not handle the media well, and I I think yeah, but since when have the Yankees shied away from that? Uh, I'm not it's sure. New York City. It's the biggest. It's yeah. not freaking A Rod. That's true. Come on. Yeah. That's true. I, I think he's a perfect the fit. The Yankees, for baby. New York. New York. Hey. Why wouldn't Machado want to go there? Don Mattingly yeah. played there. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you need to know about that, huh? That's all I need all to right. know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but is that a, if, if he signs for less money to go with the Yankees, is that a booable offense? Uh yes, sure, of course. I mean, he's earned the right to. Uh, I don't know. I I kind of feel like Machado's kind of dead to me. Wherever he goes, I don't care. Mm. Mm. I I I mean, yeah. If he signs in New York or Boston, that sucks because I'll be reminded of Machado all the time. You definitely want him on a West Coast team where I can just forget about him. It's strange Not to, hear, to mention. Be it's strange to, to hear. It's strange to hear Josh say that somebody like Machado is dead for him. He usually saves that kind of talk for like someone like Lamar Jackson. <laughs> I don't know what you guys are talking about. I tried to play middle of the ground Lamar Jackson. And, All right, and you, got, you guys some, insisted uh, on throwing me on one side. <laughs> Let, let's get to this um, um, Lamar Jackson talk. I would like to start our Lamar Jackson talk by reading some of Josh's tweets th- this past week. Yeah, yeah. Um, hold on, hold on. I, I, I'm game, glad Josh, you had those handy. All right, fine. As long well, as you read it accurately. Before the, I'm going to read it word for word. Okay. All right. What? Um, what from when? Sunday. From yesterday. Before hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. There's one tweet. There is one tweet from the middle of the game yesterday. That is no, I'm word before the game. All right. Start before the game. All right, there's one tweet so, middle of the game that is word for word from Matt. Matt said you won't tweet this, and I tweeted it. Okay, you're already coming up with excuses, but let me just read. Uh-huh. Um, this is before the game, so I didn't tell you any about it. I wasn't even hanging out with you when you tweeted this one. All right. Um, you tweeted to Kyle uh, Andrews with it not oh, being yeah. a I must like, win. I thought this was uh, – yeah. I'll, Can I'll I read stand the tweet? By that. Quit interrupting him. With it not being a must win, this also helps avoid having to make the decision mid-game. It's all on Lamar. So Josh, in that tweet, if you guys didn't pick that up, Josh is already talking about – Replacing Flacco with Lamar mid-game. No, I'm if saying Flacco was suited up. Yes, I'm saying. All right, I'm saying it makes it easier on Joe. And you know what? The way the game went, I would have much rather had Joe out there for those two plays in overtime than RG three. Here's another tweet by Josh. He said right after that, he said replying to this to Glenn Clark Radio. 
With this not being a must win, I like making Joe it's inactive. A, it's the same conversation. It, it, it forces Lamar to step up or give the ability to smoothly hand it back to Joe next week. So yeah. are talking about Joe replacing Lamar again, next week. Again, talking about John Harbaugh having to deal with the quarterback controversy. And then after um, Lamar Jackson failed to get the fourth and one, Josh <laughs> tweeted, Joe was pretty much perfect on fourth and one. That, that, would, be the uh, one, that would be the one that came from your mouth. Thinking, well, it was true. To, uh, it is. Well, then why don't you tag him? Because because he wanted to see if it, if it would blow up like like my comments last week blew up, and that got no traction. So. It doesn't. It doesn't have to blow up. It gets a reaction from me where I sit there and roll my eyes yeah. yet again. Yeah, Matt. Matt was sitting next to me. Matt, Matt said, "You won't tweet shot. this." The only thing bad about your teeth, Joe was pretty much perfect on fourth and one. Oh, the only problem with your, the only problem with your teeth spending more time you, with your goats is you never mentioned Lamar Jackson's name in there. Oh, you yeah. should have added. Joe was pretty much perfect on fourth and one, unlike Lamar Jackson. I think that, that would have got a better reaction. No, because I, I I like Lamar. I've always liked Lamar. I just I, I think people in Baltimore are downplaying and trying to pretend like Joe is a bad quarterback. And that, okay. that's that's the only thing that irritates me. Joe has been right. a bad quarterback for five years. All right, hold up. Bert, I want to get to you on this. Um, I know you didn't go to Costco on Sunday. That was one heck of a football game on Sunday. I know we didn't pull it out. Yeah. But, Bert, tell me you were entertained by that football game. Oh, I've been entertained by every game uh, the last four weeks. I've watched every game the last four weeks because they're entertaining. They're fun to watch, unlike the previous first half of the season where it was unwatchable to the point where I quit watching it and uh Lamar coming in four weeks ago brought me back in uh are you I I went to yeah. Costco on Saturday so I okay so I've been thinking all about right, this. Ahead, I've been thinking all about right. this game uh all day today because near the end of the game you and I Matt we watched it together and we were talking about all right we'd be happy with a tie leaving this game um yeah it, it, and we're supposed been, to lose right we're like, supposed to lose so all right, yeah, so we, we lost in over we lost in overtime, tight game. But I walked away, I walked home from watching the game, thinking, all right, well, you know what? We played the top offense and we were close. I'm happy with that. Then the more I think about it today, the more I'm a little frustrated about the game, and where I'm wondering what I learned from that game. Did I learn that the Ravens can keep up with a big team like the Chiefs, or did I learn that the Chiefs are really hurt? after losing um, their running back and some injuries because I thought back and I was like, you know what? They missed two field goals. That's another six points that like a, you would think a team would, would put on the game. And the Chiefs kept giving the opportunities for the Ravens to, to win, and the Ravens couldn't take the opportunities. So I'm not sure. The, the Ravens definitely stepped up to the Chiefs, but I don't know how much the, Ra- the Chiefs stepped down to the Ravens. And that's where I'm I'm thinking back at this game, and I'm not sure what all we learned. We learned that the defense is still good. We learned that Lamar can throw the ball a little better. It's the best game I've seen Lamar play. But is this a team that can do anything in, in the playoffs? I learned that Pat Mahomes is really good. He's ridiculous. And uh, the defense... Has there's no excuses for the defense giving up those third and longs and fourth and longs yes. when the game was in hand four, and four, the game was over. Fourth and nine. They could have ended the game in the fourth quarter with three minutes to go. Right. Uh, but they couldn't. They couldn't do the it. The defense was tired in that overtime. Sure. Well, because uh, they they were they were uh, taking extended drives. Yes. They were taking a page out of our book as far as uh, time right. of possession. Yep. Um, and that I mean even what our time of possession was pretty good. And we wore their defense down, I think, a yes. good amount, too. The problem was, at the end, it flipped. So it was it was like an old-school Ravens game. Right. How do you do – yeah. what do you think, Matt? Yeah, I, I was – I'm a little bit, like, going back and forth. Like, on the one hand, I don't believe in moral victories, but at the same time, I'd rather lose like this than get blown out by 30 points. I think there's, there, there, there's a difference. There. Yes. Agreed. And this, and this whole season, I did not think the Ravens – could play with the best teams in the AFC or NFC. Right. Like I thought we were a step below everybody else. Right. And like a big step below, Agreed. below the Patriots, but, but below the Chiefs. Agreed. I am less sure of that now. Like I think we have the ability. I mean, that was in Kansas City. And Josh, you're right. Like there were things that the Chiefs blew and did poorly. 
But there was also things that we did, yes. uh, opportunities that, that we blew, blew. You could talk also about the refs. We got a lot of calls against us. And, uh, that's an excuse. But, like, this is part of the game. The the Lamar Jackson fumble was, was just stupid. You should see that before you snap the ball. They got 20 guys on that side of the right. ball. Right. So, yeah. I, I mean, I thought there were some areas where, like, all those fourth downs, right, if we make one of those plays, game over. So I thought there were so many opportunities for the Ravens to win. So and, I, I thought that went both ways. I thought both teams kind of missed opportunities. And that's and, and that's, so yeah. I, I was pleased that we could play with the big boys. And in the end, that's kind of where I'm at. Is is it's a positive spin, uh, and I am happy with how it went away. I mean, and when you look at the division right now, we have a great chance of taking this division from the Steelers. Yeah, Steelers versus the Raiders. I mean, it's it's a bit of a on Sunday. It was a bit of a good news, bad news with the playoffs because the wild card got a lot tougher. Yeah, it did because uh, Miami's uh, back with, in it. The Colts and Miami winning on that ridiculous play. Right. I mean, how insane was that play? But now the division and, got easier. But the division got easier. Yeah, so that'd be interesting to see how that yeah. plays out. But I, I, I mean, we're I don't I don't know if we're going in with nine wins at this point. I don't. I, don't know. I, I think we win the division. Nine, I think we win the division with nine wins. I don't know if nine's good enough for a wild card. But I think nine, you win the division because I think the Steelers will lose to the Patriots and to the Saints. Yeah, right. and we're gonna we're gonna mop the floor with Buccaneers. I don't even know why we're playing the game. They should just give us the win because we're gonna mop the floor with the Buccaneers. Right, we've got what a joke they are. We've got the Bucks, uh, the Rams, the and the Browns left. And the Browns week seventeen is what. No, 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 not the Rams. The Chargers. Chargers. Yeah, sorry, say, sorry, wrong, wrong LA team. We'd be missing the playoffs yeah. this year. Uh, hey, hey, Bert. Yo. If if everything comes down to the last week of the season versus the Cleveland Browns, we win against Cleveland, we're in. We lose, we're out. How confident are you that we can beat the Browns in Week 17? Um, not very. I would. I would. I, th- <laughs> I think they can beat us. I think they can still beat us. It's in Baltimore. We have that going for us, right? Is that right? Somebody. Correct- the Browns. Yeah, yeah, it's in Baltimore. Week 17's in Baltimore. Yeah. Um. Yeah, yeah. I I I I don't feel as com- confident as I did in week 5 when we were playing the Browns, but uh I was confident in that game and it was atrocious. So I would say I'm even less confident now cuz the Browns are playing better than they were even when they beat us back in week 5. Yeah, um, we could argue that we're playing a little bit better too though. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, so yeah, I don't know. I'll I'll wait till we get there. I'm I'm just still enjoying this. The uh the Chiefs the Chiefs are a lock. The the super the road to the Super Bowl is going to go through Kansas City at this point. I think. I think so. Yeah. Um, they still got a two game lead over the Patriots for, for the number one seed. Uh, but the I don't think the Chiefs would want to play us again. Oh, I don't think anybody wants to play us in the playoffs. Yeah. Forget about it. Yeah. I'm I'm happy what I'm seeing in the whole NFL because someone keeps on telling me that defense is dead and it's all about offense. Well, I saw the, the, the Bears last night just shut down the Rams. Mm-hmm. You have the Cowboys, you know, shutting down the the Saints a week ago and, and taking care of business against the Eagles. You have the Ravens doing it with defense. So I don't know where all this – the defense is dead stuff is coming from because clearly the, uh, it's good defenses still get the job done. So that's that's good to see. I would still like to see in one of these three games just a defensive stalemate, you know. Uh, it It's understandable to see a guy like Pat Mahomes tear us up He's he's, I mean, he's the real deal, um, but just to build a little more confidence, we have a good defense. But after after a shaky performance against yes. Kansas City, I want to see another you know shutout or wanna, holding them to field goals kind of game. Right, it's Jamison Winston for the Bucks, right? Jamison Winston. Jamison Winston. Yeah. yeah, I'd like to see us really pound him and and keep him down. Patrick Mahomes. He was unbelievable yesterday. That no look pass across the field. That yeah. fourth and nineteen. Yep. The way our 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 uh, pass rush was working. We were getting through their line. Yeah. But then he would step up and our guys would fall behind him. He was unbelievable yesterday. Imagine how much better they'd be if uh, Kareem Hunt hadn't kicked that woman. <laughs> really, got it. exactly that. Well, that's what we were alleging with. That maybe they took a step back. But, <laughs> yeah. Or. Uh, or- or if Tyreek Hill had two legs. Yeah. yeah. Or Eric Berry comes back potentially this Thursday night. Yeah. On their defense. Right. But, yeah, having Kareem Hunt back there bull rushing through would definitely <laughs> have made an impact. Yeah. I would just drop and roll. But, yeah. Either, yeah. But either way, we got past that game. And now – uh, is, there, is there still a quarterback controversy here in Baltimore? I, I think the controversy is – 
I think the controversy is more in-house and how you deal with uh, a how you deal with it in-house. I mean, here's the real situation, though, guys, because I I get it. Lamar was played his best game. I get all the stuff about him keeping defense off the field, but it was still a loss when, that you couldn't come back. In, and when you're in a close game, which all these games, and if you get the playoffs, all the games are gonna be close. And if you're down in two minutes, we see this all the time. Like Big Ben is the best at this. Yes. At the very end of the first half and at the end of uh, of, of regulation, with two minutes or, or or less to go, Lamar cannot lacks the ability at this point to take with two minutes and drive the length of the field in two minutes and score. I, I have no confidence. I have more confidence in Joe Flacco to do that than and, I do in Lamar Jackson to do that. And that's why. So I, where that, are we at? I think that's why we see a mixture of the two, and I I think that's what you have to kind of do. And that's what I thought we talked about it last week about different drives and different situations for different quarterbacks. It's never been done before in the NFL. Um, well, not successfully, done, not, at least. I can't. I can't even think of a time when it's been attempted. But yes. But you know what? There's lots of things the Ravens have done this year that have never been done before in the NFL. Um, it's a waste to have a quarterback like Joe Flacco on your bench, so I see them using him somehow and fitting him into the game plan. And I, I, I know there's lots of uh, people who don't want to see that, but as exciting as Lamar is, you've got to be realistic about two-minute drives um, and stuff like that. You saw uh, in overtime, you saw... Lamar make a 10-yard pass, uh, which was great, but then they had to immediately call timeout because he's still getting the hang of play calling in that type of situation. So as as I saw a lot of things from Lamar yesterday I like, there's still stuff that he's a rookie and they've got to adjust. And when you're John Harbaugh playing for your career, when you've got a guy like Joe Flacco, it's hard to not envision getting him into the game somehow. I don't see it happening. I don't that he's just basically telling his uh, star quarterback who's uh, just come off the bench and started three and one that he doesn't have faith in him. I don't know. I think he's saying Joe Flacco was zero and five his last five starts. Yeah, but look at the look at the numbers. Was that because of Joe Flacco or was that because of our defense? How many how much points did Joe put up? Yeah. So you just being quiet I, over there, Matt. I know I'm thinking about it, and I I I, I actually like. The two quarterback idea, even though I love I it. it all the time. And he, here's my thinking. Hear me out for a second. I know no one does it, and John will probably not do it, but I think he should. Tampa Bay Rays. Tampa Bay Rays connection. Okay. The opener. We're going to piggyback it. The opener. Why do you use the opener? You use the opener because you realize your starting pitching is not good enough to line up with everybody else's starting pitching. Here's the thing I think Joe Flacco is flawed. I think Lamar Jackson is really flawed at this point in his career. So you have two flawed things. And so you, we don't have that ace starting pitcher. So what do you do? You, you use an opener. Um, if you use both Lamar and Joe, it forces defenses to prepare for both, which will drive defenses crazy. It also like allows you to play the situation. If you have a lead, you can keep Lamar Jackson in there. If you have to play from behind, you can use Joe Flacco more. But I like the idea. At this point, it's weird. It's unconventional. If Lamar Jackson's feelings get hurt, that, that you pull him, tough, Lamar. Toughen up. You're the, you're the quarterback of the future. Your feelings can be hurt for a little bit, and you'll be okay. Joe Flacco's feelings were hurt when you came in all the time uh, to run those trick plays. So I think they really should, based on the situation, use both Lamar Jackson and Joe Flacco. Yeah, you, you do whatever it takes to win this year. But, yeah, Flacco's gone next year. What do you think about this catch twenty two? If uh, if the they start bringing Joe Flacco back in and we start losing, we don't make the playoffs. It's all Joe Flacco's fault. But if you keep Lamar Jackson in, he plays okay, and or we don't make the playoffs, or we make the playoffs and we're one and done under Lamar Jackson. I'm kind of okay with that because at this point we're playing with house money. But but it's weird how it's. Uh, at least in my opinion, and I can't be alone but, in this as a Ravens fan. That it, all the if we don't if they put in Flacco now, and we don't make it. It's going to be all Flacco's fault. Well, yeah, and that's that's how Raven fans are going to treat it. But you got to remember, a Ravens fan. you're a, you're as a Raven fan <laughs> is playing with house money. John Harbaugh is not playing with house yeah, money. But John He's Harbaugh's his had his chances for the past five years and it's been terrible. 
I'm yeah, not. Yeah. I don't feel sorry for John Hall. Yeah, but he's the guy. Who's I don't gotta, care. I don't he's care the guy about that's got to make the decision. But he's the guy that's making the decision. It's not you making the decision. It's not Ravens fans making the decision. It's John Harbaugh who makes the decision whether or not Joe plays. So you got to look at it from how John Harbaugh is going to look at it, so that you. Well, that's the only way you can predict what John Harbaugh might decide. And I would argue with Bert. You said catch twenty two. See what you just described to me sounds like a win win. Because if Joe Flacco struggles, we don't make the playoffs. We cut a clean ties. We, we get rid of Joe. Move on. We get rid of John Harbaugh. We start fresh with Lamar sure. Jackson. That sounds like a win for Raven. Like Raven fans. Yes. I mean, you, you, can be mad, you can be mad at Joe, but he's playing. I think John put on there that he's playing. He would play for Denver next year. Yeah, that sounds about right. So you can be mad at Joe. Ja- Jacksonville. For Denver. Jacksonville. Uh, I don't think you know. Uh, but anyway, wherever, he's not going to be playing in Baltimore next year. Right. So that's a clean break. And if Lamar goes, you're right. If Lamar goes to the playoffs and he got in the first round, no one's upset. I don't think people are that upset because the future looks so bright for Lamar right. and the Ravens. Except then uh, what a lot of those people who want Joe out of here also want John out of here. And if you play with Lamar and Lamar gets into the playoffs, then do you want the Ravens to keep John, to keep Marty, and keep with Lamar? Or do you are you looking for that clean break? Uh, I would say no. I, I'm the biggest proponent to get rid of John, to get rid of Joe. I was, <laughs> I've been over him since before this evening started. I thought they both should have gotten rid of last year at the end of the season. But if Lamar Jack, if Joe Flacco doesn't see any more playing time this year and we squeak into the playoffs, even if we're one and done, I it kind of uh, takes away the heat for Harbaugh, in my opinion, and I'd be okay with keeping Harbaugh. So you'd be you'd suddenly be okay with keeping Harbaugh? I wouldn't be rah, rah, sis, boom, bah, but I would accept it. Based on the way the se- the Ravens wrapped up the season, I, where we were below 500 right. a few weeks ago, and now all of a sudden we're in the playoffs? And I mean, I have no issue keeping John Harbaugh regardless. I think John Harbaugh is a great head coach. I don't think he's lost the locker room or anything like we've seen from Billick in the past. And I think Harbaugh will sign with another team as the week after he got cut. Uh, I don't like the way Marty <laughs> calls the offense, so I'd like to see some coordinators change. Well, I mean, I, I, I think I, I'm not so quick to dismiss John Harbaugh. I think just uh, Steve Bashotti, I don't know if he has the uh, testicular fortitude, as they say, to fire, to fire John Harbaugh's little buddy. No. So, I mean, I, I don't think Steve Bashotti has – Bashotti, as I call him. Yeah, but I don't, we, I don't think Steve Bashotti has the guts to fire anybody anyway. We so. said that, we said this, we're, you said the same thing about Brian Billick, and then Brian Billick got fired, though. Yeah, but he was never buddy buddy with with Bashadi like John Harbaugh. They had houses next door to each other on the Eastern Shore. They Bishotti had, like, had vaca- houses on the Eastern Shore too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were like vacation buddies. Oh, see, I thought Bashadi was just strictly a Severna Park guy, and usually Eastern Shore guys don't hang out with Severna Park guys. Oh no, I'll take you out to the Eastern Shore home sometime. All right, fine. <laughs> we can go stalk. Yeah. So, uh, oh, uh, the other thing I want to say is. Um, Either way, whether they do the two-quarterback thing or whether it's just Lamar, there's a good chance that Joe Flacco plays because, what, in two of the games that Lamar has played in so far, two of the four, he's had to come out with injury. Yes, uh, So I think which is a big uh, concern. So, I mean, I mean, think about it. He's played four games. He's come out twice uh, with, with, with by being dinged up because of all this running. And so there's a good chance, like, Joe's going to need to stay fresh. Right. And yesterday but, was the absolute worst time. Yeah, I guess. Uh, the one time he got pulled out was a fluke. Somebody, he got kicked in the head as he was going down. It had nothing to do with a running play. Except that he was running and got kicked. No, he was he was getting sacked He was running. No, he was running. In the game against the Raiders? Yeah, he was running and his foot, or he was running and Lewis's foot hit him in the helmet. All right. Well, and the game against the Chiefs, he was sacked. I don't care how it happens. If you can't take a lot of hits, it increases your chances of, 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 Sustaining an injury. Right. I don't care if it's a fluke thing. I don't care if it happens on a sack. I don't care if it happens because he's going on the ball and yeah. he and he and he's pants. I don't care how it happens. And that's, you get hit more, you're you're, you're going to have increased your chance of injury, especially and, if you're such a petite guy like Lamar Jackson is. And that's going to and that is going to be the story. If not this season, that'll be the story going into the next season because you can't get hurt. You can't get hurt and miss time in eight out of your sixteen games. You better have a good backup. That's all I got to say. Yeah, sure. Does this mean um, more? More important for me, I thought RG three should be the guy all along. Does this mean are the RG three tenure with the Ravens is over? No, because is I Joe Flacco coming back. He's relegated now to third string again. I th- have I, we seen the last of RG three? I think RG three is the backup next year. I think you bring RG three back next year. I think 
they like the link of of RG3 to uh, Lamar Jackson. Whether it's the mentorship or just being the same type of quarterback as a backup, I think they like RG3 behind Lamar, and I think we learned that yesterday by them making Joe inactive and saying he wasn't ready and up to speed with the plays. Uh, I think that's why they went with – I think they like RG3 behind Lamar. Uh, this Sunday against the um, Bucks, against the Bucks, uh, Bert, you're holding off your Costco trips, so uh, yes, I'll I'll be watching it for watch. sure. All right, cool. I'll be watching it too. I'm I'm optimistic though. Like at this point, I think very highly of my Ravens, so I expect them to take care of business. Now you know this Sunday we play, and you know the following week when we play the. The uh, Chargers, you know that's a Saturday night game? Yeah, yeah, I saw that. They, they've shifted the whole schedule around because of Christmas. Hold on, what's a Saturday night game? Or something like game? that. Because even though... The Chargers game. Right, the Chargers oh, really? game is a Saturday night. I think they've shifted it because of Christmas, even though Christmas is on a Tuesday. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. I think, I think they just start after college football, they start the Saturday game. Saturday, okay, so is it just that one Saturday game? It was always on the schedule. It's 4 p.m. on the 23rd, the Sunday. So if it's switched, that's it's, it's on. It's an 8-20 game on the 22nd. All right, got to change that. I'll have to be listening to that on my earbuds while I walk around the Magic Kingdom. What? <laughs> uh, so you're gonna you're gonna miss out on that game? No, I'll listen to it. Okay. Yeah. All right, good. You can I'll get, just listen to it while I'm on Small World. Uh-huh. You're gonna give us our re- your report from uh, It's a Small World this time. Of course, I'm, I'm very honest with that. <laughs> you wanna, uh, Matt? You wanna say? You wanna have anything you wanna say about Liberty making a big move this week? Uh, we signed a new football coach, Hugh Freeze. Uh, this guy has a shady past, a shady past. But uh, I tell you, he, he got fired from a uh, for moral reasons from, from from his last job. But he's he's That's a big time Liberty Way. Liberty Way. We have a history of. Uh, I mean, our our uh, AD was a guy at Baylor who was Ooh. part of the whole cover up for all that sex scandal stuff. Yeah. Um. So, has he repented? I mean, I, I'm conflicted about this because Hugh Freeze is like, he's a legitimate D1 football coach. I mean, this guy wins football games wherever he goes. But he's also, he was at, at, uh, at the University of Mississippi where he got into a lot of hot water. Um, so he's going to recruit well. He's going to bring winning to Liberty. But he also just has done some really shady things involving recruits and, and other aspects. So I'm a bit conflicted. Uh, I would rather them choose a more upstanding individual, especially if you're representing a Christian university like, like Liberty. I'm not going to renounce my Liberty card. I'm not going to burn my Liberty diploma because they hired a, a coach that, that I don't like or approve of. I thought you um, already, I, I thought you already burned it when they endorsed Trump. No, I don't like that. Uh, Jerry Falwell jr. Is in Donald Trump's back pocket. I hate that. I hate that uh, that they that the, the AD was the guy that was from Baylor. I hate this this coach, but I'm still going to cheer for my alma mater. I'm still going to root for the Liberty Flames. I would never send my son to play for Hugh Freeze as a football player. Never do that. But I will root for Liberty until uh, until I die. There. Fair Thank enough. You for right. me to talk about Hugh Freeze. But I'm more focused on on the basketball. We got a good basketball team this year. So right now I'm more focused on basketball. Uh, we're playing a new conference this year. I'm excited. We left the Big South, and we entered, I think, what's called like the Atlantic Sun or something. So we're in a new conference this year. So I'm excited to see how we do in our new conference. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Though I like the rivalry between um, High Point and Liberty. We had a good rivalry going on there. So that's, that's like the – it's not exactly like Duke, the, Maryland, you kind of but, compare Duke but Maryland. But High Point was a pretty big deal. All right. Yeah. All right. We'll, we'll get out of here. Uh, thanks for listening, boys and girls. Go ahead to uh, iTunes and give us a five-star review. Follow us on Instagram and on, on, on Twitter and on Facebook. Like our page. Yeah. Hit, follow me Hit on me Twitter. up to sponsor that square. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll say your hit name Josh a bunch up. of times. Hit Josh up to sponsor that, that square. Or you can support our show if you really love us on, on Patronage. Mm. Patron? Section 336. Let's just move support. on. Yes. Okay. I think uh, I don't know if that page is up. If you want to support us, reach out. 
All right. Man, we appreciate support. Yeah. It's not free what we're doing here. Well, well, uh, well, it, what are we it, doing it, here? It is free what we're doing here. That's not but, free. But we could use some support. We Yeah, we spend money so you don't have to. Yeah, but now free. we're asking you to spend money. Yeah. Well, even then, for them, it's not free because they, they give their time to listen to us. Their time. So yeah. And you know what? Yeah. In many ways, my time is very valuable. Well, their, their, the their time do. is very valuable. We appreciate you spending an hour with us every yep. week. Yeah. I'll consider that a donation. That's right. A donation of time. Of, of time. Yep. It's really invaluable. Yeah. If you think about it. So forget the whole sponsor thing, Josh. They're giving something better than, than that. They're giving us their time. You can follow us on all those. There you go. Move on. On Twitter at section three, three, six for all my exciting tweets. I only tweet pro Lamar Jackson tweets, by the way, (laughs) unlike this other guy. Uh, You could also follow Josh on Twitter at Josh Soroka. I'll point out anything that Joe does. Yeah. Or that Joe would have done if he was in there. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And you can also follow uh, Bird on Twitter, where he spends most of his time scrolling through and rolling his eyes. I do. I do a lot of eye rolling at Bird Roadie. Until he goes to Disney. All right, boys and girls. Uh, thanks for listening. And as always, go O's and go Ravens. Thank you for listening to the Section 336 podcast. Please go to iTunes and Facebook for all complaints or the occasional compliment. If I were you, I would not take any baseball advice from these guys. Josh and Matt were raised by an Oreo-obsessed father, and Bert, uh, well, Bert fell in love with Don Mattinger. He has a thing for mustaches.